Good morning and welcome to episode 237 of the Morning Light Show. Today we have Kelly Cochran, the author of the new book, Loud, Silence Your Inner Critics and Turn Up the Volume on Your Life. And my beautiful daughters, Joy and Coral, decided to jump in the room as soon as I was recording this. So I told them that they could share their voices and say hello and be loud. So I'm going to let them do that right now. Joy, you going first? Mm-hmm. What are you going to say? Hi. All right. Your turn, Coral. Hi. Now they're acting all shy, but normally they're really good at finding their inner voice and just being the fullness of who they are because that's what kids do. And that's what we're going to talk about on the show today is letting go of all the shoulds and all the expectations and really tuning in to our inner voice, our inner wisdom, and aligning with our truth of who we are. So you're in for a real treat on today's episode. Welcome to the Morning Light Show. I'm your host, Adair Cates. This show will offer you insights and inspiration to free your spirit, open your heart, and start your day off light and bright. Good morning, Morning Light Show listeners. Today, we have the privilege of having my dear friend, Kelly Cochran, on to talk to us about how we can really tune into our inner voices. So she just came out with an awesome book that I've been reading called Loud, Silence Your Critics and Turn Up the Volume on Your Life. And here's a little bit about Kelly before we jump into her interview. She is an unapologetic writer, speaker and CEO of Loud Blonde, the marketing company, helping female entrepreneurs bring bold businesses to life online. Kelly's pull no punches attitude sheds refreshing light on subjects most women are dying to, but too fearful to talk about. Kelly is passionate about encouraging women to listen to their instincts and speak their truth at the highest volume. Learn more about Kelly and sign up for her witty ramblings at loudblonde.com. Hello, Kelly. Good morning. How are you, Adair? Thanks I'm for doing, having me on. Oh my gosh, it's <laughs> wonderful to have another loud mouth on. I've always been considered a really loud person, but after reading your book, I'm realizing that as I got older, I really turned my volume down quite a bit. And I've done that just because I've listened too much to what other people have thought. And as you said, uh, what did you call it? The shoulds, all the shoulds that we have in our life. Why don't, Absolutely. Talk, why don't we start there? I think that's a great place to start. Who are all these shoulds and shouldville that are telling us what we should be doing? So I figured out that we all are basically born in the land of should. And it's like, you should get good grades. You should be a good brother or sister. You should be a good girl. You should be polite. You should go to a good college. You should get a nine to five job. You should climb the corporate ladder. So it's all of these Uh, things that society or your family or what have you, it's all these boxes that you're put in, especially as a female in American society. And so it's just, I always struggled with a lot of these shoulds that the world was trying to make me do or be or have. And throughout writing this book, I just realized, oh, those shoulds are other people's idea of a dream life and maybe not mine. So what if I stopped listening to all the shoulds and actually started listening to my own inner counsel instead and let that guide me? 
And that has just opened up so many doors for me and just made my life so much better in the long run. So yeah, I, to I totally get that. It's something I think about all the time. It's something that my coaching clients are asking about, well, I should do this. In fact, I was sitting with my therapist just this morning and I was like, well, what, what should I, what, sh and I was like, oh, here I am. I'm in the land of shoulds. Good thing I'm interviewing <laughs> Kelly today. She can kind of knock me upside the head with a good two by four and get me out of that thinking and into my own inner wisdom and truth. And this is what I talk about with my clients all the time. And yet here I am still struggling with it in the day to day. So how is it that you can push those voices out and tune into your own inner wisdom? How do you do that? Well, I think a big part of it is you have to let go of other people's expectations for your life. I think especially as women, we are so in tune to other people. We are uh, so em empathetic to other people's opinions and wants and wishes and needs that we tend to prioritize those over our own. And I am not a mother, but I hear this, especially from moms, obviously, is, is you, you come last. Your wants and desires and wishes come last because you're putting everybody else in your family ahead of you. And so I think that you really have to get good at prioritizing your own inner wisdom and your own, uh, what your gut is telling you instead of listening to, to everybody else's needs and wants and fears. And I feel, actually, I talk about this a lot in the book too. I feel like people's fear holds their friends and family back a lot. When I said I was going to not go back to corporate America and actually do this entrepreneur thing and, and write a book full time, there was a lot of fear coming at me from every angle, from everybody else. And it's really hard to tune that out. You almost have to put on earmuffs and just be like, nope, I'm running my own race. I'm swimming in my own lane. Any other sports metaphor you can think of, but you know, you just really have yeah. to you have to learn to tune it out and just to listen to your own inner counsel. And it's yeah. hard. It's very hard. It takes a lot of practice. It takes a lot of practice. It takes some earmuffs, like you said, whatever, whatever we have to do. But I do think that it's something that all of us need to be tuning into as often as possible, because unfortunately I sometimes go to the place of like death. All right. So just like, imagine you're on your deathbed and you're laying there and thinking about the whole life review, right? Like, what have I done? What has my life been about? And you're feeling a sense of remorse and regret. There's the whole, you know, five regrets of the dying. I don't know if you've heard of that. Um, I have, I have. Yeah. And there's so, so there's a lot of alignment there with, you know, blazing your own path and choosing your own way in the world. And, you know, oftentimes I think what happens is we just go along with the program, right? We like go to school, we, then we graduate, then we go to college, then we think we got to get our first job, then we get married, then we do this, and we just kind of follow the program. And so throughout that process, we, we don't even know that there is such a thing as an inner voice, right? Right. And so I think people get those moments of wisdom and those moments of insight and intuition that come up for them, like, you know, a bright light going off or like this ding in your mind, like, oh my gosh, this is something that I need to do. However, oftentimes right after that comes up, another voice comes in right after it. So like, how can you be a hundred percent sure that you can actually trust your own intuition and your own instincts? Like what, what do you practice Kelly that helps you to say, I know this is really my truth and that this voice of doubt that keeps coming in is not my voice of truth. 
Oh my gosh, I have so many thoughts on this. <laughs> Good, really, I want to hear them all. <laughs> <laughs> really quick, going back to what you were saying about being on your deathbed is I feel like a lot of people who have near-death experiences then realize that they've been wasting so much time, you know, punching a clock at a nine to five they hate or, or wasting time doing these things or being a person that they don't want to be. But it takes a near-death experience to actually have that wake-up call and I think that was really important for me to convey in the book and just convey it in my message in general is that you don't need a near-death experience to have that wake-up call. No one gets an award for being the first in and last out at a desk job for 40 years. Mm. Like, you, you know, you're not going to get a plaque for that. You don't get a gold watch anymore at retirement. Uh, you know, my, my dad's been at the same job for literally 40 years. He retires this year. And he doesn't really get anything. He gets a party and he, thankfully he's loved his job, but it's just like, what else? He always talked about, you know, owning a winery in Italy and like doing all these other romantic things. And he, he's been privileged to travel a lot, but if money was no, op, no object, like what would you do with this one fabulous life that you're given? Why do you need a near, near death experience to actually look at your life and examine it and say, what's going to make me ridiculously happy? And, and in turn, that makes other people around you ridiculously happy because you're shining your light so brightly and you're living your purpose instead of just being miserable until retirement. So yeah, that's one thought. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I love that whole idea of like inspiring people with your light and with you going after what you want. It really does inspire other people in a big way. Yeah. So, um, I know you asked about some tools to know whether you can trust your own inner voice. And I think it just takes practice, honestly. I think people get scared to change because they've been burned by change in the past. Yeah. And I, I think if your history is a lot of negative experiences, you will always think that change will be negative, but I promise you it's not. On the other side of fear lies everything positive that's possible, but you yeah. have to get over the fear. You have to take that one step. And I think just iterating. So I have a project management background and you just iterate and learn and iterate and learn and iterate and learn. So you yeah, learn like by taking, yeah, you learn yeah. by taking action, but if you never take action, you can never test the prototype. You can never see if it's going to bring you a better outcome mm. if you're too scared to actually take action. So I think just taking little baby steps, I quote, what about Bob all the time? It's like baby steps to the elevator baby steps to the hallway, baby steps down. Yeah, the totally little, little tiny iterations. You don't have to quit your job and, you know, move to the other side of the world and become some vagabond all in one fell swoop. Don't have to have the eat, pray, love experience. Yeah, Liz exactly. Had. I, I say that a lot with my clients. Well, and a lot of people don't realize that she had like a $200,000 book advance to actually finance that entire year abroad. She didn't just quit her job and move out of her nice house in Connecticut or wherever she was living and go be a bum out of a backpack for, for 12 months. She was completely financed uh, for the purpose, sole purpose of writing a book for a publisher. So yes, it looks really romantic on the outside. Yeah. Wouldn't we all love to go when do it's that? Julia Roberts in the movie, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, falling in love with some romantic Lothario on the beaches of Bali you can go do that, but I mean, you don't have to make that your one step. You know, your giant leap doesn't have to be to the moon. It can literally just be around the block first. So I yeah. think taking tiny, scary steps 
will make it easier to take that one big leap and it'll get you closer to, to your final destination as well. Yeah. I love that. Do you have any examples that you can share of like what that iteration maybe looked like with something in your life or in someone that you've worked with before? Just so our listeners like really understand what you mean by taking those small iterative steps. So for me, uh, I didn't just launch a marketing company right out of the gate after I quit corporate America. I actually created an e-commerce brand and I was selling wine themed merchandise and funny t-shirts online. So I created my own website, did my own branding, learned so much about e-commerce and using Shopify and stuff. So I really test ideas on myself first before I give them to clients. So I'm someone who loves to just go down the YouTube and Google rabbit hole. And I like to learn how to do things myself again, before I can teach other people how to do them. I knew that I wanted to write a book. I knew that I wanted to live the truth I was speaking in my book. And so writing a book is a massive undertaking as you well know. Yes. And so I think doing the baby steps of doing blog posts first, posting to Instagram, posting long form posts on Instagram and Facebook first, and just testing my message first for months before I actually put everything in a book and testing ideas for the book as short form essays on different websites, that helped a lot. That got my feet wet and went, okay, these ideas are resonating. My writing style is resonating. Okay, if I launch this full book into the world, I think it's gonna hit. I think it's gonna resonate. Oh, that's that's a that's a perfect example. Well, you know what else happens, I think, a lot of times with people that I work with one-on-one and also with me is we build up this whole, talk about stories, like we build up this whole story in our head about how hard it's going to be and how <laughs> difficult it's going to be. And really all we need to do are take these small iterative steps, but we're like holding ourselves back from doing an Instagram live video because we think we have to have some like massive undertaking. So what is that? Why, why do people, why do we go through that? Well, and it's so funny when I first started going on podcasts and you know, most podcasters, we do video with it as well. And they'll, they'll post it to social media or YouTube. And I used to get fully done up for these interviews, even though it's an audio interview, I'd have my hair done, my makeup done, make sure my background's perfect. My lighting's perfect. And now after I've done so many of them, I had a, a, a mutual friend of ours, Rob Actis call me yesterday and be like, Hey, you want to be on my podcast in an hour? I'm like, sure. I'm still in my gym clothes. Let me slap on some bright lipstick and uh, throw on my light. And yeah, we're good. We're Here good we go. to go. Yeah. But you know, that take, it takes practice to get comfortable because you, you overanalyze and make things to be so much bigger and scarier than they really are in real life. Um, example, you know, I decided to move to Italy after college graduation by myself. And it, in, I mean, in hindsight, that was crazy to do at 22. I barely spoke the language. I think I could order a cappuccino, maybe. Well, that's kind of all you need, that and, yeah, you know, that, right? And you're yeah, good exactly, go. <laughs> exactly. Una pizza, per favor. Yeah, maybe some prosciutto, you're good. Yeah. But, you know, if I had overthought how scary that would be to be in a foreign country by myself, not knowing the language, but I was young and dumb and God bless naivety because that's what got me on the plane. Yeah. It was the best year and the biggest growth year of my life. Yeah. So I did the same thing, but I went to Spain and I, first I studied abroad and then I went back after college and it's the same. It's like the same thing. There was something in me that just knew I had to do it. I had to be there. I had to have the experience. I love travel. I love adventure like you, like, even though, you know, 
there's Spanish is all around compared to Italian. I still couldn't really speak the language. I'd taken years in high school, but still couldn't really speak it. But yeah, it's, it's kind of, sometimes it is kind of like if we would just continue to move forward in our lives the way that we did in our twenties with these bold decisions and we didn't overthink things, we just did stuff, right? Exactly. Exactly. It's, I, I really have learned in this these past two years of entrepreneurship that action cures fear. It's yeah. the only cure for fear. Yeah. And you and, do it scared. And you do it scared. Yeah. You, do it you just go into it with the doubt and with the fear and with the, you know, the whole mindset of like, I have no fucking idea if this is going to actually work and you just move forward with it. But exactly. I think what gets in people's ways, and this is like immediately where my mind goes when I start thinking of this is like, I'm like, oh, but what about all my responsibilities? Like, you know, I have a husband, I have kids, like, you know, there's all these moving pieces and parts to my life now that I'm 40 that weren't there when I was 20. So how do we overcome all of those potential other people and responsibilities and everything else that we might have going on to continue to live our truth? I mean, I think a big thing is making sure you're surrounding yourself with limitless thinkers. Yeah. I found that this is very, very important and hugely it's important. It's interesting when you're going after a huge goal, you immediately will get resistance from some of the closest people to you who you thought you would be your biggest supporters. It's always shocking to me still, no matter what I'm launching, you think, you know, who your number one fans are and supporters are going to be. And they're always the biggest retractors. Yeah. The detractors, retractors, detractors. Whatever. The, the people <laughs> Whatever. that, the people that want to poo everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it, it's always funny because they're the closest to you. So they have the highest level of fear for your failure because their job is to keep you safe. Yeah. And, and it's always the people who have known you the least amount of time and have only known you at your best and brightest who are like, oh my God, that sounds awesome. You'll crush it. Do it. And so it's so interesting that I found that. So I just, I feel like it's super important to just constantly be surrounding yourself with limitless thinkers because the people that have known you longest, their literal job is to keep you safe. So they are going to do anything in their power to make sure you don't fail and anything new to them is going to feel scary and uncomfortable. And so they're, they're probably not going to be that supportive of it. But yeah. It's people, like your own brain. It's your yeah. survivor brain. They're like it's, acting it's out exactly. Yes. your survivor brain. Yeah. They're your, also, they're your life preservers. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great way to look at it. And they're, they're also fearful that you may leave the clan. Yes. So that's a huge one. We're tribal beings. And so there's this whole fear when other people around us see us doing things differently and exploring. I mean, even people who like lose a lot of weight or drastically change their eating habits or stop drinking, lose friends in the process because their friends are not comfortable with who they are in their new form. And exactly. it's, it's, it's amazing and it's tough and it's also very intentional, right? We we're constantly evolving as people. We're always transforming. And I just think it's, I think it's a limiting belief to think that we're going to have exactly the same tribe of people around us our entire life. I just saw the most amazing cartoon. It is a caterpillar and a butterfly and they're sitting at happy hour having drinks. And the caterpillar looks at the butterfly and says, you've changed. And the butterfly says, you're supposed to. Oh, I, I love, love that. that. I thought that was so great. And, and that's true. I think that 
your tribe is going to change. And if you're up leveling your life consciously, you have to up level your friends because your friends that you've had since high school are not going to be the same in college, are not going to be the same if you're doing big things. And, you know, if you're really striving to be your best and brightest self, you have to surround yourself with other people who are already levels above you. Yes. And, and who are also, who want to bring you up to their level, not want to hold you back. Oh, I love that. I find, you know, a lot of people I work with are high empath. And what happens with high empaths is they oftentimes surround themselves with people who actually suck the energy out of them uh. because they think their worth comes from lifting people up and elevating them. I mean, I struggle with this. I've literally had to do a lot of looking in the mirror and talking to my therapist around like, what, what kind of life am I creating if I'm always looking for people to lift up and yet not having those people above me who are raising my energy and my vibration? So I think that's incredibly important as you know, anybody is striving to do anything different or make a big change in their life. I call those people emotional vampires. They will yes. suck the life force out of you. Stay away from them at all costs. I don't care how long you've been friends with them limit your exposure because they will absolutely drain your light and drain your energy and they won't care and they will do it over and over and over again. 100%. And that's, that's so amazing that you have realized that you were doing that and that you are purposely surrounding yourself with people like that. I definitely, uh, earlier in my twenties and thirties, I would always have at least one of those friends and the rest of my friends would never understand why I was friends with that person. And you know, I don't know how you can hang out with her. She's so negative. She's always so down. And I think that's why it's because I was the, the light. I got to lift that person up, but then what was I getting in return? And yeah. so I've been very intentional. Yeah. Cutting those people out of my life because it just, they, they like to be down, down in the muck, in the mire. And you don't, you don't want to do that. If, if you're on a rocket ship to success into your highest potential, you, you can't have those people tethering you to the earth. Yeah, there's no question, no question at all. So other than like the mastermind communities and being really intentional about who you surround yourself with, are there any other practices that you incorporate in your day-to-day -day routine that help you to keep your vibration high and to keep your light shining brightly and your voice really loud out there? Uh, meditation has been huge for me, uh, especially guided meditation. So really positive morning meditations. I like to wake up with that at least like a five minute meditation and it's totally fine. I have total squirrel brain, like most entrepreneurs have, well, most humans have. Yeah. I just, I let go of trying to be some perfect yogi and, and absorb the silence. And I think that's why I like the guided meditation because if somebody else is talking, then it, it, it doesn't make me go, Oh, what should I cook for dinner? Oh, shoot. My wa mind's wandering again. Oh, I need to take the dog on a walk. Oh, shoot. My mind's wandering. Yeah. Again, you know? Yeah. You're being, so, yeah. you're being taken yeah. step by step. And so it's an easier, it's an easier process. What apps do you like? Do you like insight timer? Insight timer is yeah. the one I use. I love it. And I have a lot of friends on there now who have their own, like our friend, Julie Riesler yeah. has her own meditations on there. So it's really cool hearing your own friend on there. It's, yeah. It's yeah, I listening to their insight timer meditation. It's, yeah. it's really awesome. Insight timer. It's great. Cause it's free and there's like limitless, gosh, limitless meditations on there. Oh, it's amazing. And sometimes I just like listening to like, there's one called golden ohm. That is just the most amazing chanting or there's the Tibetan bowls. If I just need like background noise. Yeah. So that's a really nice way to get my mindset right in the morning. And then I, I really don't drive a lot anymore. Uh, 
uh, because I work from home, but yeah. my commute, my commute every morning is to my gym. And so to and from the gym or to and from the grocery store, anytime I'm in the car or taking the dogs on a walk, I am putting knowledge into my, into my ears. Awesome. So I'm always listening to podcasts. And so whether it's business podcasts or just fun storytelling podcasts, because that helps me as a storyteller, I always have something on the radio or in my earbuds that is helping me learn because I only have so much time in a day to read so many books. Absolutely. That's such a great way to get that extra knowledge and also listening to people who are levels above me. For example, you know, I'm a digital marketer. Amy Porterfield is huge mm. in my industry. Jenna Kutcher, uh, Jasmine Starr, they all have podcasts and just having their voices in my head and going, okay, these women are 10 years ahead of me. This is who I want to be in 10 years or maybe five years. Maybe I'll get there faster, but like, they're so inspiring and just hearing what they're doing. I'm like, all right, cool. Let's do this. So I, I love listening to podcasts. I started doing that when I had a really long commute at my last corporate job. I was in the car like an hour to an hour and a half a day. And I was like, you know what? Why am I listening to the radio? I'm wasting so much time just listening to music when I could be putting knowledge into my head. And so I started listening to business and marketing podcasts and it completely changed my life. Completely life -changing. changed my outlook. Yeah, it's life changing. And I used to be one of those people who would, who would literally think, well, oh, like all these little tweaks, they don't really matter. Like choosing to listen to a podcast instead of the radio or cutting off the news at night or you know, adding Organifi green powder to my water. I'd be like, ah, none of that stuff matters. But now I'm like, those small tweaks are the things that make a difference. Those are the different, the differentiators between somebody who's living a mediocre life and somebody who's leading an awesome life. So I'm a big believer now in those small tweaks that we can make to make big changes. Have you read the book, The Slight Edge? Oh no, I need uh, to add that one to my list. I'm going to write that one down. It is one of my all time favorite books. And the premise is super simple. It's basically, if you draw a line, you're, you're either every single little action you take is either making you go up or making you go down from that line. And so it's like, let's say I eat a, you know, we're recording this around Halloween time. There's Halloween candy everywhere. I have the biggest sweet tooth on the planet. I, can I relate. cannot have, yeah, I cannot have candy in my house because I will eat it all. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's like, if you eat that, if you're on a diet, you're trying to lose weight. Okay. You think eating that one little mini Snickers bar isn't going to make any difference, but it's that little tiny change multiplied by a thousand times over your lifetime, it's, it's giving you either a slight edge or a slight decrease in momentum of your life of whatever change you're trying to make. And so it's like, if you chose apple slices instead of that mini Snickers bar, if it, it, it's, you know, which way is it putting you on the line? So it's just, it's a fascinating book. It's a super easy read. And I flip back through it. It's my copy. So dog-eared now I just flip back to see kind of what I've marked throughout it and see if I can pick up little tidbits here and there. But I love that idea. Oh, it's like, wow. oh, if I skip the gym today, well, it's not that big of a deal if I let myself sleep in today, but it becomes this snowball effect of how many days are you letting yourself sleep in throughout the year? Yeah. Whereas if you had gone to the gym all of those times, let's say it was 40 times versus 40 times that you let yourself sleep in, that slight edge starts to be a way bigger shift then. So totally yeah, fascinating well, book. I think the other thing it does is 
when you make commitments to yourself, like to eat a certain way or to go to the gym or to follow a certain path, and then you don't do those things, it not only does it, you know, get you off of that line or get you that competitive edge or whatever you want to call it, but it also help. it makes you lose trust in yourself and you, you stop trusting that you can make a commitment and actually stick with it. You know, like how many times do people go on diets and then they gain all the weight back and then they start all over again. So there's so much mindset in this that those little tweaks are actually increasing your commitment to yourself exponentially over time. And you know what, Kelly, I'm so glad we just talked about this because I was going to avoid yoga or running today and now <laughs> come hell or high water, I'm, I'm going, I'm going on a run or I'm going to the yoga studio. I've been like a little under the weather. And so I was like, oh, I don't really want to go. I ran yesterday. No, now I'm like, okay, I'm thinking of this slight edge and I'm going. I like it. I like it. So, so yeah, it's, it's funny how you're talking about uh, not trusting yourself to, to complete a task. That was a huge issue for me with writing the book. And I didn't realize that I had that mistrust in myself. So I worked with an amazing book coach and he had me write an affirmation that I repeated every day. And it was, I have a habit of completion. Oh, that was my affirmation that. that I said every single morning for the 10 months that I wrote my book, I have a habit of completion. And now it's funny now that I have my book and I can literally hold it in my hand and flip through the pages nothing seems unaccomplishable in my life now. Because to me, writing and publishing a book was like this massive mountain that I wanted to climb my whole life because I've always been a writer. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I just, I want to write this book. I want to write this book. I want to, I mean, how many things in your life do you just, you're on that broken record. I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to, but there's no action or there's no completed action. Yeah. Now that I have my book, like I'm, like, in the oh. sky, right? yeah, I'm like, oh, I can do anything. If, if I actually had the willpower to sit down and write every day for 10 months, I'll, I can accomplish anything. Oh, <laughs> so, I love that. Yeah. I love it's that. Crazy. It's crazy. It's so well-written. I love your sense of humor. I, oh, thank you. <laughs> it, it, it's so easy to read and so enjoyable to read. And I would recommend that everybody would go out and get a copy of Kelly's book, Loud. I'll be sure to put a link in the show notes. And Kelly, as we wrap up here... You know, we've talked about everything from leaving the land of should to listening to your inner voice to not living with regrets and just going for it the way we did in our 20s. Are there any other kind of last thoughts or tidbits that you want to give my listeners today? I think the last thing I want to leave everyone with is just take action, take a small action today. Don't let fear stop you. If there's something you've been wanting to try, if, if you wanted to, I don't know, try horseback riding or learn a different language, just hop on the computer after this podcast and look up a course or buy a Groupon, or just, if you want to write a book, maybe just set a timer for eight minutes. Literally, that is how I started writing my book. Set a yes. timer for eight minutes and just do a free write today. Take one tiny action towards a big, scary goal. I want you to do that today. Listeners, I can, I can see you nodding your heads in your cars, on your walks, you're doing it. You're going to do it. You're committing to a dare and I one baby step towards a big goal today. Yeah. And I want to hear about it. So send me some notes and some comments about what baby steps you're taking today, what actions you're taking to achieve that big goal. And Kelly, I can't thank you enough for being on the show. I think we could probably talk forever. This has been such a fun conversation and everybody please go out and buy the book loud and look Kelly up online, follow her on Instagram, 
Her website is loudblonde.com and I'll stick all the notes, all the links in the show notes. That's a wrap for this episode of The Morning Light Show. If you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe and share with your loved ones. And for more insights and inspiration, check out my website at firstleadyou.com. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you next time.